Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. I'm covered in goo. I'm Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Goopy. Real goopy. Goopy soupy. Viscera, blood, and various other bodily fluids. Caro syrup and dog (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw some oatmeal in in there. Oatmeal and snakes. Oatmeal! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably some jello. Yeah. We watched The Evil Dead. Um, This one has been like... A long time a long in time the works. Come. Honestly, like, the this is... OG. This is, like, what started our friendship. Really. Pretty much. This yeah. movie started our friendship. Um, this and, I think, Reanimator, what probably. We do in, yeah. I was gonna say, what, what we, we do, do in, in the shadows. shadows. Yeah, and yeah. what we do in the yeah. shadows. Yeah, during... Well, Hannah and I met because I was wearing a what we do in the shadows shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, like... Yeah, I was like, I watched that the other night. <laughs> Just, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like... That one year, that one year oh, that yeah. we just watched Evil Dead like every weekend, basically. Yeah, yeah. We met Bruce Campbell that year. Um, we yep. went to Evil Dead the musical in Lincoln, Nebraska that year. It was mm-hmm. a good road trip uh, with so our friend fun. Lissa. Yeah, yes, yeah, we love you, Lissa. Like, yeah, love you, Lissa. This is like this our is bonding be a sloppy movie. kiss for you, Lissa. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but I. This is one I've been putting off for a long time because I feel like it's hard to talk about something that's so iconic and beloved. Um, mm-hmm. It's a big dog. But, but, you know, everyone has their perspective on it, so we're going to bring our thoughts to the table. Um, and as you can tell, we obviously love this movie very, very much, and it's very special to us. Yes. Um, this episode actually was a request from one of our patrons, so Jenna, a special shout out. Um, at a certain tier, you do get to request a movie for us to talk about. And Jenna requested Evil Dead. So thank you for finally giving us that push. I'm very yeah. excited to talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, we watched Evil Dead with Jenna as well. Because we have a little group of Discord friends that um, we watched through all the Evil Dead movies and the TV show together. So mm-hmm. it's just, this, is, this movie is friendship. That's all I can yeah, all is. I can say. Well, this and movie when is we talked about uh, last... friendship and love yes. and goopy and goopy. <laughs> well, in last Halloween we talked about um, our first horror movies. I think was the thing we did. Was that Halloween? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, for me, these movies, especially Evil Dead Two, but Evil Dead One to a degree, were the horror movies I watched that actually got me into the genre because I had watched horror movies before, but I didn't. I wasn't engaged with it. I didn't really care. I was. It was like something. I was like, "Oh, I'm. I'm not a horror movie person." These movies made me a horror movie person because yeah. they're so fun. They're so interestingly made, and they're so goopy. It, it's one of those. It's almost <laughs> horror comedy. This the first one I would say is the closest to a straight up horror movie there is. But like the low budget and the college kids just doing their darndest kind of gives it a little bit of a a comedic edge to it that they lean into as the series goes on. And that edge mm-hmm. is what really like got me into it. Like, Oh, 
I, I don't have to take these things like fully seriously. Like, what if a demon possessed me? It's like, well, what's the yeah. artistry behind a horror movie? How do they set up scares? How do they create these visual effects? What do the characters go through? What what kind mm-hmm. of imagery and vibes are there? Like, Kyla, you always talk about, like, what is the vibe? Like, this movie is nothing but vibes. It's a good oh, vibe. yeah, big vibes. Yeah. I mean, from the very opening shot where it's that shaky cam, like, tripping over the tree stumps and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just the I water force. Yeah. Right? That's what Sam Raimi calls it? The force? The force. <laughs> the force. <laughs> like, or the, 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 the uh, he has a name for it. It's like the energy or the, this is also probably. Yeah. I think it's, I think I it's the, the force. Trivia about. Yeah, I think it is the force. <laughs> Yoda's coming to kick your ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sam Raimi would make a great Yoda. <laughs> also, these movies. <laughs> <laughs> like wise, but also annoying as fuck at the same time. Oh, I I thought Chaos he meant Gremlin. because of his eye bags. <laughs> no, <laughs> it can be for multiple reasons. This man is the master of disaster, the gremlin of chaos, big big monster man. <laughs> yeah, he's like one of the biggest influences for me to like actually decide to study film when we started studying film. Um, and then I dropped out because I was going to be in school for six years. I didn't want that. But I got some good classes out of it. So thanks, Sam Raimi. Yeah, you're still a filmmaker at heart. You don't need a degree to make yeah. it. Yeah, you are. I did um, a presentation, actually, on Sam Raimi and like yeah. got to listen to all the commentary tracks for The Evil Dead. I highly, I'm not a commentary track person because most of the time it's just a bunch of white dudes stroking themselves. But this one... <laughs> uh, <laughs> He, it's kind of that, but it's also, but it's not actually, because Sam Raimi has a great sense of humor where it's just mm-hmm. him and his friends dunking on each other, and that vibe is just really fun to be around. It's like a podcast where like him and Bruce Campbell are just like, "Hey, remember when you almost died in the shot?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, you freaking idiot!" <laughs> it's just <crazy. laughs> one yeah. of my favorite tidbits about this movie is that apparently a homeless man came in at one point and it scared Sam Raimi so bad because he didn't know he was there until he turned around at one point. That he went up to, like, there's, like, the cemetery up next to the the cabin, and he went and slept in the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he's, he said something about, like, I went up there to die. <laughs> yeah, Robert Tappert went up there to get him and put a blanket yeah. on him. And yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I went up there to die. Well, in this film, like, this film was not made in a smart way if that makes sense it's brilliant and i love it but like they use real bullets in the scenes with the gun real glass um like i think a couple cast members got ammonia um and just like i think the four scenes were like sam raimi on a bike just riding straight at bruce campbell and they were just praying he wouldn't kill anybody yeah this this movie is very just like it's it's very like DIY. <laughs> it's the kind of movie you could only make with your friends. Um, yeah, because obviously, like, and the I do not that recommend I subjecting anyone to anything that Bruce yeah, no. Campbell was subjected to while making this movie. Yeah, Sam Raimi poked at his broken ankle for a really long time until it made it worse. <laughs> but like, um, and like yeah. you know, of course, as a filmmaker, I don't condone that. But like at the same time, right. it is the kind of stuff you get up to with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand. I'm like, yeah, like, I get it. I hope that yeah, you learned um, and won't repeat that. But like, I get it. 
Yeah, and I think the rest of the cast, at a certain point, because they went super over budget and super over time, um, and I think the rest of the cast kind of tapped out after a while, but Bruce Campbell couldn't because he and uh, Sam were best friends. So Mm -hmm. that's how you use nepotism against people as well as for people. (laughs) (laughs) Pros, Um, you get to be the star of the movie. Cons, your best friend also breaks your ankle more. (laughs) Yeah. But he did what? get to become an icon, so like yeah. I'm not saying it was worth it because like like we said, don't do this. I don't even yeah. think they would say do this. I think they were all like we were very dumb because I think yeah. Sam Raimi was 20 when he made this. Yeah, they were literally yeah. like in college when they made this. Yeah, which this like, was like uh, their I want to do something fun kind of like project. Yeah, like honestly, well, think, that is um, my dream. All I want mm-hmm. is to just go drive out to the woods and make a movie with my friends. Yeah. I agree. And it's interesting. I've been thinking about think it. made this. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it was interesting because I'm pretty sure they only decided on a horror movie because at the time it was like the 70s horror renaissance had just come out and like they had all the exploitation horror movies and it was the easiest way to make a buck for the cheapest amount of money and Robert Tapper was like, let's make a movie about sexy women being attacked by trees. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Tapper is like so skeevy. I like, I don't know. His energy is so weird and I don't understand why Lucy Lawless married him. I don't even know if she does. Because <laughs> <I laughs> she walked out of this movie. Oh my god. She like, like says that in an interview. She's like, I walked out of this movie, I found it disgusting and disturbing, and then I married the guy who made the worst parts of it. What a what a world we live in. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that I always mean, how like, it goes though? Like I browse through my Instagram and I'll see like this goddess of a woman be like, Oh, this is my fiance, I love him so much and it's just like this like complete like It's just wimp. some guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robert Tapper. <laughs> yeah, Robert Tapper is just some guy. Well, it's great because, like, in the commentary, I don't know if he shows up to any of the commentary tracks, so they just dunk on him the most. Good. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, so, um, I think most people are familiar with the plot of this movie, and even if you're not, you kind of are, because it's very, uh, tropey. Yeah, it's very, like, it kind of, like, sets up for just about every zombie movie ever made, um, which, like, Sam Raimi was, like, a big fan of George Romero, so that makes sense to me. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a group of students going out to a cabin in the woods to spend the weekend, and they find spooky things in the basement, mm-hmm. and... Some listen tapes to, from an to old tapes, professor. yeah, reading from the Necronomicon, and um, uh, lots of blood ensues. Lots and yep. lots and lots of blood. Yep. So if you read from the Necronomicon or play the tape, I guess where you can hear it out loud, uh, it summons this demon or this force that possesses people and turns them into weird, creepy zombies. Um, that are hellbent on killing you and taking over and your body. eating your soul. Yep. And your soul. Well, we'll have to save that for the next one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It will digest your soul in a proper fashion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so 
very simple. They, like, have a couple different things that they have to do to, like, get the zombies to stop moving and all that. So, like, you have to, like, decapitate them and, like, take off their arms and legs, um, bury them outside, um, with a cross. Uh, there's, like, this dagger that you can use to kill the zombies, um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of what we said earlier, mostly vibes, no no rules, just vibes. Yeah. If it feels and, right, they'll do it. And, and a lot of setup book, and payoff, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a, a series of uh, sequences made up of setup and payoff and um It cool sure is a effects. movie. <laughs> It's more of a movie that revels in the moments rather than the overarching narrative. Like, I would say this movie, like, the highlights are when the deadites are, like, screaming and covered in goo and just the way the sound effects and the visuals oh, play together um, the, the is more, like, effective than... And then so... Ashley had the perfect plot device. He had the special mm-hmm. key. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, this, this movie, for how basic the plot is, is very well done just because, like... It's very, like, they got really creative with the way that they made things because they had such a low budget and, you know, Mm -hmm. everything else. Like, that's why it's, like, so inspiring. Not really because of the story, but because of the, like, the kind of cheesy performances and, like, the funny kind of stuff that happens, even though it's horrifying at the same time. Um, Yeah, the the sound design is so good in this movie. The like screaming that the the deadites do just like it, it hurts my ears. <laughs> yeah, and like just it's like the crunch of like breaking yeah. bones and like you can hear like, like when the screeching stuff falls it just, on like, Bruce Campbell, like you can hear the impact. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like it hurts when you have headphones on and you're listening to like Shelley and. Cheryl screaming it like rings in your ears it's really like effective there are certain um I think we talked about this with the Saw franchise there are a lot of horror movies especially in the torture porn era that like just kind of roll off you and you're like I don't really feel anything I don't feel any connection this movie is like the definition of visceral gore because like Mm -hmm. when I see someone like I don't know torn apart by a saw trap I'm like I have no point of reference for that but then there's the scene where, um, oh shit, what is his sister's name? Cheryl. 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 When Cheryl stabs uh, Ash's girlfriend in the ankle and just twists it in, Ugh, it's just yeah. such a gooey, and like the gushy blood that comes out texture. Ugh. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. like it's and it's it's so weird how it captures that balance of like obviously fake but yet real and visceral because like obviously Mm. you know it's that bright red corn syrup blood um it's not like the effects are convincing but like they still feel visceral and i guess like the 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 acting is like so good and convincing that yeah like it feels like it's there and it's actually happening which i guess is part of that is also practical effects Mm -hmm. um Mm-hmm. It's easier to act when you have something to act with. So Yeah. Yeah, something that's there. And just I don't know, I admire well, this isn't fair cuz the artists who do make computer generated stuff, it, it is a hard job and it is a beautiful thing they do. I actually really like the the new Evil Dead remake that uses a lot more 
digital effects and I'm not trying to put down that art at all, but there's mm-hmm. just something that I feel like that has been lost of that gritty texture that's something right yeah. there where you have a frame of reference for it rather than mm-hmm. something like I just saw Shang-Chi and I'm like, I, I have no idea what the fuck that kind of imagery would feel like or look like in my immediate vicinity. And yeah. that, I feel like that gap is getting wider and wider the more we rely on CGI, which I'm not one of those people who's like, don't use it. But like, it's it's harder to get that frame of reference when you can do so much with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. When the world think... is your oyster, you don't have to get caught up in the details so much, but that's when the details matter the most. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's being smart about when you use it. Because I've seen some horror movies that do really great things with CGI. Like uh, the director who does, who did the It movies, he has some really creative CGI. And um, actually, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Mama. He directed that too. I have not seen that one. Oh my gosh, the CGI in that movie is so good. And like, Mm. it, it almost works better for like a ghostly kind of apparition i guess because mm-hmm. it is something that's like not mm-hmm. there but like also otherworldly and like i don't know so i've definitely seen it done well but um i do wish there oh, was the conjuring more room. movies yeah the conjuring movies have really great cgi also um but i do agree i wish there was more room for people to still embrace practical effects as well and yeah um as someone who has done practical effects like that's where my heart lies <laughs> Because it's yeah. just so much fun. I I love practical effects. I feel like, I don't know, there's just something about it because it's like you're catching that on camera instead of adding it in afterwards. It just makes it feel more realistic and more fun, I feel like. Because you're getting, you know, you don't, you're not adding something in afterwards um, for, like, the effect of it. Well... Like, I, I I do think that CGI can be used pretty effectively. I just don't feel like, in a lot of horror movies, it it's not done well, usually. Um, and I feel like practical effects just make for a more visceral and reactive uh, environment in terms of, like, horror films. So, that's just me, though. <laughs> I agree. And the one last, at least my last thing on this, I feel like a lot of horror movies or movies in general, and I get why this is, are so obsessed with making the thing look as realistic as possible so that the audience can get sucked into the world. But if the effects match the vibe you are creating, like this movie has a very heightened kind of campy-ish tone. Yeah. And the CGI, not the CGI, um, the practical effects kind of match that heightened thing. Like, at the end, when yeah. all the bodies start exploding, nothing looks real. But yeah. that doesn't matter. I am fully engrossed, haha, but I'm cha, with the imagery that is created. <laughs> and I am fully within the story because it matches the artistry that is on display. Yeah. And I feel like people are afraid to make movies movies, like, have that heightened reality. Like, the great thing about movies is you can do anything. As mm-hmm. long as you create an aesthetic and a vibe. So I feel like people are afraid to create those heightened aesthetics nowadays. And I wish I wish yeah. they weren't because I love I love the different things you can do with pra- especially with practical effects. And mm-hmm. maybe yeah. they don't look the most realistic, but they feel so different than anything yeah. else I can describe in a different horror movie. The mm-hmm. the thing with the Evil Dead movies, and especially the first one, I the the ones afterwards aren't as like 
I don't know, like gory or pulpy. Um, but like that's that's what this first one is. It's like a like pulp novel almost, like but on the screen or like a um like a comic book, which makes sense to me also because Sam Raimi was like really big into like comic books when he was a kid. Um, but like it, it feels like you took a like a really gross like horror comic book and put it on the screen with like the way the effects are and everything else because it's very it's very over the top and gruesome um kind of like those old like horror comic illustrations and i i really dig all of that it's like my favorite thing <laughs> well and i think that carries over into his spider-man movies too because oh to definitely me, i watch those recently where those movies aren't afraid to be comic book movies where the dialogue is a bit cheesier the imagery mm -hmm. is a bit brighter and mm -hmm. a little more silly but it fits and it works yeah and i that's why i think no one has done spider-man better yeah i mean he's drawing inspiration from like the original like comics so like the the vibe of the movies for the like first spider-man movies ma matches like the like original comics and like the way those were kind of pulpy and all that too so like Sam Raimi is just one of my favorite directors and I feel like he does a really good job with everything because he you can see you you can tell when he's like drawing inspiration from things that he used to really like as a kid and I, I think you know I some sometimes it's a good thing I feel like sometimes people are afraid to be like Oh, people are going to think I'm ripping off this and this and this, but like no, it's like your inspiration and like Sam Sam Raimi's like pulling from a bunch of comic books that he used to read as a kid like all the time. So <laughs> And the thing <laughs> you know? I am desperate to learn when it comes to Sam Raimi and that I admire in him so much is he knows how to balance the slapstick and the sincere. He knows when mm -hmm. to lay on the jokes and when to be campy. And when yeah. to, like, lay in the true horror or the true emotion beats. Yeah. Like, there are moments in this mm -hmm. film that are, like, genuinely scary and genuinely kind of make me feel so sorry for Ash. Because when they isolate him and he's going through this madness alone. That's my favorite mm -hmm. sequence in the movie. When he's yeah. isolated, everyone else has been picked off except him. And he's just going through this house trying to kind of get his bearings. Mm -hmm. And the sense of isolation and fear is so sincere and grounded that I, I was genuinely terrified the first time I watched it. And I still get goosebumps when I watch it today. And But then mm -hmm. it's like also when like someone, I think, reaches through the door and like their finger gets caught in his mouth. Oh, like, yeah. You have the, you have the, the self-awareness to know when the, to layer in those little textual yeah. humor jokes. Like how do, how do you do that? How do you balance it? I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's really good at that. And I feel like, you know... I mean, he grew up watching the Three Stooges and he and, and Bruce, well, Bruce Moore, he, like, does his own stunts and, like, throws himself across the floor and everything else. And, like, the, just, like, the physicality of it just, like, goes really well with, like, the horror <laughs> stuff just because, like, again, that's, like, stuff that they're doing themselves. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really like I I think that Ash in the first movie like does not get enough love. Um cuz um, obviously when I, everyone I think thinks so about too. this character, you think about like Army of Darkness and when he's like really hamming it up. Um but in this movie he's kind of a nerd. 
And I kind of love it. Um, Because I think, like, the thing that they are doing is they're subverting this trope, right? Because at this point in time, um, by the 80s, horror movies had started to fall into this trope of, you know, the final girl, the this character dies first, and this happens, and, um, you know, very, like, step-by-step, especially for slasher films. Uh, but this movie kind of subverts that. Yeah. He's, like, a sweet... He's a sweet boy. I do think it is genuinely smart how they subvert the whole final girl trope. Because, um, basically, Ash is a male final girl. And yeah. Like, I really dig that. And, um, Marty has Uh, a theory. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love this paper that you wrote. I wrote a paper in college for a film theory class based on a bunch, like, the Carol Clover stuff about the, the final girl tropes and how they fit into Ash and basically posited that Ash is a trans man and, um, yeah, I wrote a whole thing on that. It's really kind of outdated the way I wrote it. Um, but I still kind of stand by it, um, especially because it's revealed later on in, like, the series that his name is Ashley Joanna Williams. So, like, <laughs> I, like, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, like, a hundred percent completely accepts that headcanon um mm-hmm. ash is the trans hero we need yeah and like yes. and the-, the way we talked about the the way the other characters treat him and the imagery that is associated with the film like i i 100 respect that reading and i'm like i see it i get it yeah like um so like i i posited a few things too about this like so like his sister calls him ashley while like his friends call him Ash, um, which, like, is kind of, like, because I think, I think at one point, I don't remember if this is true, but in some, like, convention or behind-the-scenes thing, like, they said that the, that Ash and Cheryl are supposed to be twins or something. I don't know if that's, like, a canon thing, but I've heard Bruce Campbell say that at one point, so, like, it's, like, this kind of, like, they're, like, twins, and so, like, there's, like, this kind of, like, we're kind of the same person type thing, and it's, like, not really. Um, and then on top of that, there's, like, the way Ash tries to fit in with Scotty, and how Scotty's, like, this, like, hyper-macho kind of guy. Um, kind of, like, doesn't give a shit about anyone else, and, like, Ash kind of tries to fit into that, but he really can't. And how, like, the emotionality of Ash fits more with the other women in the in like the movie and also i i also said something about how like in the first movie he can't even use the chainsaw and the chainsaw is like a very phallic thing and his like weapon of choice is the shovel and he decapitates his girlfriend with a shovel which is like kind of a half phallic half yonic type thing because it's like it's got the sharp edges but it's also like a spoon so it's supposed to hold things. So, <laughs> yeah, I it, the whole thing is like a little, uh, yeah, it's it's very like, 
I don't know, genitals based, which is probably not the greatest thing in the world, but like when What? I wrote- genitals based um theory in horror movies? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, that's just like every horror theory text I've ever read. So I was yeah. gonna say, didn't Leatherface like thrust a chainsaw at a woman at one point? Yeah, it's yep, like you know what? I don't think it's out there. If the cis yeah. people are allowed to do it, then we can do it too. Yeah, but like, so like, my my whole thing is like, Sam Raimi made like the first trans final guy and didn't realize it. <laughs> and now, years later, there's like a bunch of trans men on Tumblr who are just like obsessed with Ash. <laughs> and they're like, wow, he's so me. Me included. Right? Well, he is Ash is the ideal man. I mean, let's be real. Like he's manly yeah. but also sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um I think this one has my favorite. And, and when he gets older, flaw. he's a thought. He is That's a thought. right. He has an amazing jawline. Oh my god. And the best sense of timing. Lady, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave the store. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um <laughs> My thing I also love in this film that it's a character flaw you don't get to see very much at least not done well where a character is set up to be like you know the hero the stalwart and true person but in realistically in these survival situations the biggest thing you have to contend with is cowardice and i don't Mm -hmm. say that as like a fault to get against ash i mean every single one of us has the survival instinct of knowing you have to do something but then having to actually do it is a whole other thing entirely and i love yeah. when someone has to grapple with that actively in a survival scenario because there are so many different complicated factors that enter into it like love personal relationships confusion not understanding how these new rules work um exhaustion and like all th- i love that this film factors in all those things when it comes to the the hesitation in these choices and like i don't know it's just you feel it you feel ash's confusion exhaustion and i don't ever judge him for it i mean sometimes i'm like oh man you should you should have done that but also i i understand why he doesn't and it's really hard to do that with a horror movie character like um there's there's always like this kind of you know you like especially if like the horror movie character like the protagonist is like a guy like they just kind of like know what to do and i feel like ash is really good at not knowing what to do which makes it even scarier and it makes me love him even more because like i in the other movies i love him as like a caricature because he Mm -hmm. like has all the snappy one-liners he does all the cool bits he has a chainsaw for a hand he's like a superhero he's like oh man that's so cool this one i love him because i empathize with him i understand where he's coming from in these horrifying situations where he's just trying to get control of where he is. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's very, Bruce Campbell does a really good job with those moments of silence. He's really a fantastic actor. I know he gets this reputation for being the the camp lord, and he is, don't get me wrong, but he's a legit actor too. I feel like people sometimes can forget that. And But he's it's so hard to just do those scenes in silence, but he just does it so well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that people underestimate how difficult it is to do camp successfully. Um, yes. I mean, that in and of itself takes a lot of skill. Mm-hmm. That's why they keep giving awards to American Horror Story actors. Do you think it's because of the, the writing? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Burn. 
I'm sorry. I love that show to death, but it's true. The acting carries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, what else? And I think did we so- talk about the shemps in this movie? We did about not. what? Shimps. Oh, so in this movie, after the other actors left and they still had like half a movie to film, like I think the final act especially, they dressed up like Ted Raimi and a bunch of other crew members who hadn't left the project yet as like uh, deadite versions of the teenagers. And they called them Shemps because I think in the Three Stooges, when they had to replace uh, the Stooges or something, they called them Shemps. And oh. um, so they kind of subbed in. So if the, the bodies look a little different or bulkier or... Uh, just different in Smaller. some way. That's because that's Ted Raimi. Yeah. It's like Mission Impossible. It's always Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi <laughs> was like 12, 14 when they did this. So like... They... Oh my god. <laughs> this is child abuse. Sam! Sam took his, his allowance to make part of this movie. <laughs> There's Look, a picture. I mean, I did There's too a picture when I made my of... <laughs> There's a picture of Ted Raimi around this time period. He looks like the most sickly, sad little child that you will ever see. And it it makes me laugh, but it also makes me really sad because, like, his brother was making this movie and making him do all this crap, and he took his money. <laughs> <laughs> he took my lunch money, Mom. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, boy. Uh, it's not funny. Um, like, normally so I'd the be moral so of mad, the story... but if I didn't know these guys, not personally, but, you know, know the legacy of these guys... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the moral of the story is let your brother steal your allowance That's money to make a movie because one day you'll end up being very successful. Ted well, Ted Raimi wouldn't be the goth king he is today without it, so. <laughs> he wouldn't have gotten his eyeball popped out in the Midnight Meat Tree. Okay, um, yeah, we can move on. So, what is you guys' favorite special effects in this movie? Oh... Man, so I really like a couple. Um, I really like the claymation that they do at the end of the movie, um, where like the zombies are melting and it's like really gross. I love that. Um, I also really like um, like when they chop up Shelly and like her limbs are like going through the floor, but it's like people mm. under the floorboards. I love that, and then I also really like the scene where the the light bulb fills up with blood. That's my other favorite, which is like a direct oh, reference yeah. to light the light bulb. Stooges. Is so good. Mm-hmm. Very love that. Good. Um, me, I'm gonna have to nod to the classic where um the spider web uh comes out of uh, I think it's sh- no Linda's. Linda's ankle from where yeah. the pencil went into her skin because I heard that took hours of drawing um, and doing stop motion one frame at a time and just that craftsmanship looks so beautiful but yeah. also I really like when um, I wish people did this in horror movies more because they do it in Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, where he sticks his thumbs in Scotty's eyes and it's just so goofy and all the red sludge comes yeah. out and it's so gross and um, also I want to say my f- I love the sound effects of the deadite screams in this movie it's just it's it's so goddamn haunting and beautiful and terrifying and great all at the same time i want to listen to it in an asmr yes (laughs) yes i think for me probably the pencil because that's the one that like makes me cringe still yeah like 
like I don't know, just like I can just feel it, like when I see when I see that. Yeah. Um, but there's so many good effects in this movie; it's kind of hard to pick. I like when the arm pops out of him at the end. I forgot yeah. about that when like the deadites explode and just like yeah. there's just a fucking arm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah when Chelly's so cool. head falls down and like the goop gets on Bruce Campbell, knowing that that's dog food just makes it really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. This time watching the movie, y'all are going to judge me. And if my parents are listening, I am so sorry. Like, there's just so much fluid on Bruce Campbell's face that at a certain point, I just thought, Sam, do you have a fetish? <laughs> there's just so much. There's just so much. <laughs> There, there certainly is a lot. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, but, like, also, you know, maybe he just likes torturing Bruce, and that's part of yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's what's beautiful about it. It's like, I feel like the sadism isn't, like, in bad faith, if that makes sense. It's like, good yeah. faith sadism. Could I just address one more thing, probably, that we should talk about really briefly? Yeah. Okay, um, so trigger warning for discussions of assault. There is a scene where a tree uh, does sexually yeah. assault a woman. Yeah. Um, and it Cheryl. was done for shock value by Robert Tappert. It was his idea. And it this it is one of the infamous things about this movie. I do not think it adds... I, I don't think it needed to be there. I think just the trees, like attacking her was enough i don't think it needed to go that far i know that the seven the late 70s early 80s was a very different time but it's still something i think people should know about going into this movie because that is that is a a very sensitive subject for a very good reason and i think there is a reason why it's left out of future adaptations or at least in that kind of exploitative detail um so yeah i want to take a shit on robert tappert's lawn Oh, we were talking about this. I when that scene came up, you said you wanted to throw a shoot at him, and then I said I wanted to flatten him with a steamroller. <laughs> it's clearly filmed in a way that they want the audience to find it sexy, and I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Someone getting assaulted by a tree is not sexy. There's a lot of lingering shots, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that that scene should not be there, and uh, the movie would not be missing anything if it was gone. Yeah, it's very ed- a very edge lord moment of like, let's do this because we can, and it'll get people to go, ooh, gross. Well, congratulations, it did, and I feel taken out of the moment, and uh, it's it's I, it's the only part of the movie that I'm like, man, you didn't need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have any other last thoughts? The fucking deadites are in the fucking internet. Jesus Christ, Sam. Evil Dead 4 is whack. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're doing I a wish. they're doing a second Evil Dead remake movie soon, so maybe Yeah, I'm curious got about out it. To the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um well, another shout out to Jenna for recommending this. I'm really glad we got yeah! the opportunity to talk about it. I know it's mostly yeah. just us, like, gushing, but you know what? This movie is full of gushing, so it it's thematically appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, while we're doing thank yous, 
another shout out to Jenna and Miyoko for being our highest patrons. Um, but we love all of our patrons and we super appreciate you all. And uh, we, we couldn't do this show without you. So thank you. If you would like to hear more from Netflix and Kill, you can follow us on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. You can also uh, check out our Etsy where we have stickers up. Show the love. It's got Marty's badass design for the logo. Yeah, you should put Marty's yeah. art on everything. Correct. Yes. And uh, spooky season is officially upon us. You know, we're talking about Evil Dead. We're doing it. Halloween is coming. It's time to get spooky. It sure is. <laughs> uh, so be sure to stay tuned for we've got some pretty cool stuff coming up for the month of October. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Hannah and Marty, for all the wonderful thoughts you shared about the Evil Dead. This movie really is very special to all of us, and I'm really glad we got the chance to talk about it. Yeah. Well, that being said, imagine the camera panning through this cabin, rushing right up at your face. May your nightmares be plentiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sam Raimi runs you over with a dirt bike. <laughs>